All right, welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Instagram. That's at Kilgallen's Pub. Give myself a follow there as well. I'm also on all the platforms simply at Joe Kilgallen. Big thanks to the YouTube subscribers. You guys are great. Uh, myself and James Webb, we recorded some stuff earlier this week, uh, kind of just like, you know, editing up a little bit, making it look cool, and then we're going to put that out this week. So big thanks to all of you guys. Thanks for everyone who's been checking out the last few episodes. Been getting a lot of great feedback on the latest one with Erica Nicole Clark, who's Mr. T's daughter. So we had a bunch of crazy stories about that. And um, we're doing this as like a special one. I'm recording on a Saturday afternoon here at my favorite pub in the city of Chicago, Galway Bay Pub at 500 West Diversity Parkway in Chicago, Illinois. If you're in the area, you definitely have to check it out. It's a, it's a dive bar with some spirit. I'll, I'll call it that. And uh, my guest today is a very funny comedian who's traveling America right now, world traveling comedian Shane Todd. What's up, my man? Joe. Uh, first of all, let me say, I like the way you say Galway. You pronounce it 100% correctly. If I hear Galway one more time, I'm not coming back to America. <laughs> Dude, I am, I'm glad you brought that up. We could kick it off with that. I correct people constantly yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of comedians so like Laugh Factory, which you performed at last night, Yeah, just, you know, up the street from here, not too far, walking distance. After shows, comedians will also be like, "We're gonna go to Galway," and I'm like, "It's fucking Galway." Yeah, yeah. Galway. You're like, "Where is that?" Because we're going to Galway. We're going to the Galway Bay. The worst is I've heard Galloway, um, and I'm like, "You're just spelling a different word oh, now." Man. No, can't have it. Yeah, I can't stand that shit. And I feel like with the times we're living in now, I don't know if you have this over in Belfast. Is woke a thing? Are people talking about like everyone being like more consciously aware of stuff? We're, I wouldn't say we're woke. I'd say we're like we're like still vi- kind of asleep. Okay. We're dozing, you know what I mean? We're not woke yet, but yeah. we're like, we're beginning to wake, I think. I hear you. I don't, like we, You're we just get, waking from a nap, right? Yeah, You're stretching. We, yeah, as a country, like, we get stuff like 10 years after you guys. Like, ER is like a brand new hit, the TV show. Oh, yeah, that's Back a good home, one. You know, like, like, that's our new thing. And uh, <laughs> we're still doing like a lot of like mid-90s American music as our new release. I want to move there then, because yeah. that's all I listen to is mid-90s. <laughs> no, I listen to Oasis and Nirvana still oh, on a loop. Nice. Good seeing you, buddy. You what? Good man. See, that's what I like about it when you're at an actual bar. Someone will just say goodbye and leave. You know? Oh, feels great. Uh, As opposed to being in the studio. Yeah, so no, we're, we, we don't, yeah, we, we do have the woke thing. At the minute, it's kind of a, a social media type thing on Twitter. You'll kind of see it with um, gig lineups and show lineups and stuff like that. Like, we don't have many comedians, as you can imagine, in, in the north of Ireland. Um, and we have very, very little female comedians, which I don't know what the reason for it is, but if you put an all-male lineup on, you'll get a lot of, uh, what it's would you say, heat, heat, heat kind of for yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens here. There's different Twitter accounts where they'll show a lineup and yeah. be like, no women or one woman. Yeah, and they'll yeah, try to yeah, like yeah, yeah. get yeah. them in trouble, basically. So that's kind of a, an, an issue that's kind of being talked about at the minute, but... Um, but apart from that, I don't think we we, we do have kind of, we we have a politically sensitive um, country. Yeah, that's. I think I brought it up especially because it cracks me up because a lot of the comedians who pronounce Galway so horribly wrong are the type of people who, when they order tacos at a Mexican restaurant, are trying to do that accent perfectly to be like, "Look, I like your culture. Yeah. You know, I'm one of the good white people. Yeah, yeah. We're not like one of the people trying to build a wall. We're one of the good yeah. ones." And yet, if it's like a European country or white. Uh, country they'll mispronounce everything yeah and at, at the same time though you know i just think it's kind of funny like I, there are people from ireland who and i guess everywhere who will really correct people's pronunciations and get annoyed about it i think that's very weird to me you know when people say galway i just find, find it kind of funny but you will get people from home that like get upset you know yeah and i think that's i think that's kind of 
a bit tragic. But because um, it's too much pride at that point. And I'm guilty of it with Chicago stuff. I'll correct people. I'm like, why do I really give yeah. a shit? You know? Yeah, exactly. If you break it down at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but like I can't believe like some of the places I've been to in America, and I, I've not been over too too many times. But like the the Irish community in places is huge. Like I just came from Boston. I did a show there. At the start of the show, I said, "Who's from home? Give me a cheer." Ninety-five percent. You had like three American people who just were in the wrong place. They just walked into the wrong bar. And everybody else was from. I'm sure they enjoy the hell out of the show, though. Well, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll find out how many people are from home. If it's like a complete majority, then I'll throw in some more references, some more stuff about home. But the likes of the Laugh Factory last night, like, I'm not going to like do the same stuff I do at home because you can't expect people to get it. And then also, if you have to explain references, that's never never funny, good. <laughs> you know, to have a bibliography at the end of your uh, your set. So. Uh, I can still do like I'll still do stuff about being Irish abroad if I'm out here, but I think those are uh, experiences that we all have when we go away. You know? Yeah, that's what some of the stuff I've noticed because we've had comedians coming through Chicago or have come up through the Chicago comedy scene, where that's kind of like what their experience was. Because like you're saying, you don't want to explain a reference. You no, can't no. talk about your favorite flavor of Tato's and have the audience be like, "Wait, what flavor? They cheese and onion? I don't know what cheese and onion. What is, what is this brand of chips? Yeah. You know, stuff that are crisps. You know, stuff like that would just totally go over their head." I've only performed outside of America once, and it was in Toronto, Canada. Oh, okay. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Great city, and the cultures are very similar. Yes. Like if you take a picture of someone in downtown Toronto and a picture of someone in downtown Chicago, you people might mix it up. They'd be like, "I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They look a lot alike." Yeah. Yeah. especially the downtowns, but there are little differences in the culture. And I remember doing one joke that totally went over everyone's head. It was like about some fast food thing where, where I remember the comics after was like, yeah, I didn't, we didn't get that one. What were right, you saying with right. that? No, it was about cereal. I think I did. Do you guys have Captain Crunch cereal in Ireland? No, but we, we, I would, I would get the reference, but I wouldn't say everybody back home would. I just know it as like a popular yeah. American brand, you know? No, I've been to Ireland. I've not been to the North. I was in, uh, you know, when I was, what was that? Dublin. I must think I stayed in Dublin the whole time the last time when I okay. went. Yeah, I can't remember now. Was, it, the trip was a haze. It was a good yeah, time. Yeah. But uh, I'm I, go, am I going to guess correctly? You might have had a drink at some point? I did. I right? did. Okay. I, it was like 14 years ago. I think I was 20. I think it was just so uh, I couldn't even legally drink here. Yeah, because you could. Oh, yeah, because you, you can legally drink at five in Ireland, which is yeah. good. I mean, it's by law. You have to. You know, you got to. You gotta have a pint a day back home, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna end up in jail. They think you're suspect for yeah. some things, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved. It. I had a great time. Everyone was so cheery. It was the Irish people live up to the stereotypes. You know, um, as an American, so. we embrace the stereotypes of every culture, not yeah. just the ones that we identify with. Yeah. Now, of course, when I talk to you, when I talk to people from Ireland, yeah. I'm American. And even when, if, if anyone asked me, if someone random asked me, like we had a weird encounter with a woman before the show, before we started. We did, sitting we down to talk. absolutely did. Super weird, and we could touch on that in a second. And she kind of, you know, we're talking about, you know, American football. There's a college game going on. Yeah. And you're new to it, so you're like, I'm just kind of figured out the rules. And, yep. And then you're like, I figure they stop every eight seconds, which they do. And that mm -hmm. part's annoying. You know, what it is, is it's, it's about five to eight seconds of action where they're crushing each other a little bit and trying to yeah. at least. And then everyone goes back to the huddle. And then, so yeah, even I'm a, as, a, as a football fan, I can admit there's parts of it that are slow, very slow. Yeah, also, why is it called football? There's one guy who kicks. There's one guy who uses his feet and he looks like me. You know, there's one guy who kicks. Yeah, exactly. And he, he was a soccer player Call or a football player sure. and we bring him in. It should be called smash ball because <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. trying to smash the guy with the yeah, ball. bowling balls in your head. Is I it? agree with that. Calling a football is really stupid. I don't yeah. know who came up we with that. Change it? <laughs> we, we should. We use this as a platform? <laughs> we, I don't know. I don't have to have that kind of reach yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, 
it definitely should be changed. And I know a lot of Americans are like, no, that's what we call Americans hate change, which is funny because the whole concept of the culture, everyone hates it too. But I feel like we do the most and everything about our culture is supposed to be designed around we could change things. Yeah. We could change for this. Like we call them amendments to our constitution because, oh, we ch- at one point we had an amendment that said nobody could drink alcohol. Then we, you know, a decade later we're like, let's make a new amendment saying we can drink alcohol. Like we could change stuff. Yeah. But if you talk about, because we have some, um, the NFL has the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Which is a straight up racist team yeah. name. Oh, yeah. 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 You don't even know the history. That just sounds Redskins. That doesn't sound yeah. right, you know? No. And people like will fight to the death being like, you can't take that away from us. Yeah. Well, like, why? It, we took land away from them. So. I mean, is part of it, like, and I might have this totally wrong, but an outsider looking in, is part of it that, you know, America's still quite a new kind of country. So is it that a lot of it is you're still forming, not, not forming cultures because. No, I know what you mean. I think you have, uh, I think you're pretty close to being on the head with that one because, yeah, we are a baby, essentially. We've been yeah. a country since, yeah. what, 1776? Yeah. And gone through a lot of stuff and, you know, had a civil war, had all sorts of, became a major power really after World War II. Before that, we were like up there. Yeah, I've only started to really, like, really get into American history and watch some, like, documentaries on Netflix. And it's very interesting, like, really interesting. Yeah, the history is fascinating. Yeah. Um, It's, I'm not, I I don't like the Americans who bash being American to try to score points. So I would never do that. I do like being an American. I'm only referencing this for podcast listeners who are like, what is Joe doing bashing America? No, no, you're not. But Americans do need to be more honest. You know, I do think we're still a really good country, but there are parts of our past that people just like to ignore. Everyone's like, oh, we're the greatest. We're always this. I'm like, oh, but we're I, not the greatest. But that's, this, that's the same. That's the same is that Irish everywhere? People. That's the same with Irish people. You know? Um, oh, like, oh, Irish people are cocky? No way. No, not <laughs> cocky, but like you will definitely get like, you know, I think like I'm, I, I'm very, very proud to be from where I'm from. And I think we're, we're a good people. But like, like everywhere, there's good and bad parts of every place. That is true. You know? So, like, all of Ireland isn't like, okay, you're going to get really friendly people. But there's assholes, too. <laughs> like, there's three assholes in Ireland. I know two of them. Yeah. Uh, you know? But it's, yeah, I mean, I, look, I think there's definitely, like, a stereotype of Americans. And it's massively unfair because I've been to maybe, like, six states, maybe, like, ten cities in America. And bar Florida, everyone's great. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I guess Florida is like a lot of people that are maybe not from Florida. I've only been to the real tourist places, so it's probably Florida's unfair Florida's weird. Uh, maybe yeah. a little unfair, but not too. And I've got family in Florida. You're not too far off. It's a weird place, Florida. Those guys like sugar and food, for sure. Yeah. And roller coasters. Yeah, they do. I mean, yeah, it's amusement park capital of the country. they yeah. got a lot of that going on. Florida is interesting. Well, I mean, the American stereotypes, I've realized... Over the years, I think it's because we don't travel as well as Europeans, Europeans as a whole. Like all my life, I'll meet people like what, especially if I go on vacation. If you I remember going to Miami and just meeting everybody who was from like, oh, you're from Germany, you're from Belgium, you're from France, yeah. you're from Norway, Sweden, all that. And then even when I was in Ireland, um, I stayed in a hostel for a couple of the days. Fair play to you. Yeah, it was fun. And there was, was a girl from Sweden, a girl from Finland. And then there was, there was people from all over Europe. Yeah. And you know, they were joking around about the whole dumb American thing and everything. And I think we're ignorant because very our country is so big. Yes. Like the continental United States is basically the size of mainland Europe. Yeah. Pretty yeah. close. Oh, yeah. And so most of our traveling is within our own country. Absolutely. Dealing yeah. with our own people. Yeah, because you can have, you know, if we want to go 
somewhere like kind of tropical or with nice beaches and warm climates, then we've got to go to a different country. You guys can, you guys have every kind of place within your country. So yeah, Ibiza, I used to joke, is like European Hawaii. It's yeah. this like gorgeous beach where all the European people go to. Because I've got some friends who are like live in Europe or, or actually some Instagram models I follow who are European. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're always like, we're in Ibiza again. And I've seen yeah. the pictures and their Instagram stories of like, you know, 10 seconds of video where I'm like, oh, that's like Vegas, yeah. but by a beach essentially. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. people partying. So it's kind of got like a Miami vibe to it. So yeah. we don't need to go all the way over there. Yeah. And all the way over there isn't that far for you. But yeah. in yeah. Europe, if you drive, well, Ireland's an island, but say you drive 500 miles anywhere, you could go through three countries, four countries, four different languages, oh, different cultures. For sure. Also, what's crazy is, so I, I'm from like a town, like a small town outside Belfast, um, and it's a small town, like 7,000 people. And, you know, we've got like franchise businesses and stuff. It's not big, but you can be in the center of the town and drive to the countryside in... I shit you not, like five ten minutes. Wow! Like that's the that's a big difference about Ireland. You you can get out of the city and be in the most luscious countryside in ten fifteen minutes. It is a gorgeous country. It's, it's nice. Man. It's I've, really I've nice. told people I'm like it's the definition of green. It really is. Yeah, I remember yeah, flying yeah. in and looking out the window and just yeah. seeing the fields and being yeah. like, my God, I've never seen green like that before. Yeah, yeah. But it makes sense why. So you have a nice tan going. You look like well, you could tan I pretty am well. The darkest man in Ireland. You know, You're, you look like it. <laughs> yeah. Like when I walked in, I remember being like Shane. Yeah. Like is, yeah, that, yeah. is that you, man? I saw your picture, but yeah, I wasn't no, positive. My dad is 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 Nigerian. So oh really? No, he's not. Oh, okay, uh, you, dude, that's good acting. Though you said that real well. <laughs> my dad's like weirdly swarthy. You know, he's like Tom Jones kind of vibe. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Um, so yeah. And I'm he's not, a Welshman, Tom Jones. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Irish looking. I don't you know, know, I've got a couple cousins who are, you know, like black Irish, whatever the nickname is for it, yeah. and they're incredibly tan. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, weird. Yeah. But I've got like the, you know what it is really, if you know history. So my ancestors were raped by Vikings, and yours were probably a Spanish Inquisition or whatever the hell yeah, it was back yeah, in the day. Yeah. Bit and, of Latin yeah. flair in there, you know? Yeah. See, yeah. but you got that tan thing going, which is nice. I, w- I was joking with some friends of mine not that long ago because they were like, why are Irish people so white? And I'm like, it rains like nine months of the year. It's always raining. So when the sun does come out, it's like, Jesus Christ, it's bright, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, there's, there's studies that come out all the time that, like, we do not get vitamin D back home. Like, we just don't get it. Because even when the sun's there, people are scared of it. Yeah. We kind of have, like, hurts. A, like, a weird thing of, like, we're still, like, very, like, weird in that, like, people are physically scared of the sun, you know? Um, but it's a cool place, and... You know, yeah, I'd love to more, go back. The more the more I travel and hear people like yourself talk about Ireland, they had such a great time there, and and all this. You know, it, it does make you really proud, like because it's a, it's it's got its flaws, uh, and definitely where I'm from does. But uh, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, but like you were saying before, every place has their flaws. Of course, of course. you know, and that's why, I, like, with the girl. Okay, just so the listeners know, here's what happened. I walk into Galway Bay Pub over here, and uh, I find Shane at the end of the bar again, watching football. And then the girl just interrupted, and she interrupted with a lot of confidence, which sometimes you appreciate, but I don't like when people have an opinion that they say as it's fact. Yes. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. football's boring. And I want to be like, well, yeah. again, I just met her. I just walked in. It's cold out. I had to park a little bit further than I wanted to. Not that I'm using an excuse, but you know how when you just enter a place you want yes. to like ease into? I, yes. I just got here. But I don't, I don't want to start arguing with a stranger two minutes in because she was like, well, it's boring. I'm like, nah, no, it's boring. Oh, really? Eight billion people watch it every <laughs> yeah. It's like the most popular sport. It makes so much money. Clearly, they're doing something right with the game. Yeah. I mean, 
I find situations like this, like you, you maybe didn't see it at the start when she was talking to me, but I never met this person before, and I, I'm not good anymore at hiding my face, my expression. Like, I, I'm 31 now. I used to be, you know, I would entertain someone like that, you know? Oh, you know, if they said football's boring, I'd be like, oh, okay, and hear their opinion. Now I'm just kind of like, look, I have things to do. Yeah. You know? Isn't you that know? the best feeling? Not, yeah, and she, like... I don't know. I don't know if you were here for this, but she she asked me that I know like John Mulaney, the comedian John Mulaney. I missed that part. Now, so I've I've heard of of course John Mulaney. I've seen one of his specials on Netflix. I think he's very funny. Um, she like looked up my Instagram as we as we talked, and then was basically like, "Why do you have as many followers as this guy?" <laughs> and I was like, oh, "I have no idea. I don't know what the purpose of this." Yeah, what this is investigation is? That's messed up. So a comedian we both know, Jeff Dye. I was talking to him last night. I'm working with him at Zany's. Everybody, funny dude. He was telling a story about how a girl came up to him after the show going, yeah, I've never heard of you before, but you were actually pretty good. Yeah. And he's like, you didn't need the first part. What you could have just said I was pretty good. Why do you have to throw I've, in the... I've had people come up to me before and say, Are you, like, I don't know you. Are you supposed to be somebody? I'm like, well... <laughs> it's like, I don't know you, know, you either. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it goes both ways. It's weird, man. Two-way street. Yeah, I, that, that woman, though... And then she tried to hook you up with Polish women, which yeah. Chicago is a big population yeah. of Polish immigrants yeah, and she's like, first oh, generation. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're going to be there for the Polish women? I was like, hey, my wife would not be delighted yeah. if I if she rang me and was like, what are you getting up to today? I was like, I went to see the Bean and <laughs> walked about the uh, the mile, and now I'm just going to hunt for some Polish women. Yeah, got to get that Polish uh, ass. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to go in straight away. There's a difference between being friendly and, and just going in like you've known somebody for years. I don't like that, you know. Yeah. Well, like, she was like, "He's an American. Don't listen to his opinion on sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to Europeans' opinions on sports." Yeah. And I, and I, no, no. She said, "Go to Europe to to get good For sports." sports yeah. and I was like, "So you're telling him to go home? Yeah. What are you yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. See, I would wish I had more of your attitude, but I think I just got thrown off guard because I just walked in. Yeah. Because I wish I would have been a little bit. I don't. Plus, I don't know. I don't want to go out of my way to be a dick to people anymore. But I was like that when I was 31. Yeah. See, I'm 30. I just turned 35. Oh, okay. So when I was 31, though, I was just married, didn't have kids yet. Yeah. I had my first son at 32, my second son six months ago. And when you're a parent, you develop some patience yes, yeah, because yeah. you're dealing with kids. Yeah, yeah. But you also don't want confrontation because you have enough with children. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're great, but you just, you know, it's, it's like I deal with people I love, and I'll deal with them because I love them. Fuck you. I'll walk away. Where the old me would, would have been like, not only do I not give a shit what you have to say, <laughs> yeah. but I want to make you feel a little bit bad so yeah. you learn that this is not acceptable behavior. I mean, if you look hard stand-up is like it's such a weird job and people like once they hear you do stand-up people like make an assumption that you are um just like totally up for any form of conversation if that makes sense it does kind of like a thing of like they think you have no inhibitions like when you say you do stand-up as well people like assume that like especially me over here people are like oh are you going to party after the show or you hey i don't party but because i do stand-up people always very quickly make a judgment that like you know, you're brash and loud off stage and, and all that kind of thing. They I'm think very, everyone I'm was the class dull. clown. I'm very dull. I was not the class clown. Well, I would have, like, done impressions of teachers, things like that. I see. I, I wasn't disruptive. Like, I, I, I never, ever want to be the center of attention. But um, but it's just funny that, like, especially being Irish over here, people are like, oh, I bet you're, you're taking a lot of drinks. So I'm like, hey, absolutely not. I went to a high school in Chicago called St. Pat's, so right. St. Patrick High School. Right. And it people underage drinking was huge. Yeah, yeah. At my high school. 
And it's just the way it, it kind of goes. There is something about the culture with it where everyone used to joke. If drinking was a sport, we'd be first in state. And we, you know, it's, it's, sorry, it's part of that. Like, sorry to interrupt. It's part of that. Like, you know, underage drinking being really popular at your school because you guys can't drink until you're 21. That's a huge part do, of it. Do, does that mean there's a huge attitude of like, you know? If you deny people something, like they're gonna really want it. Yes. Why is it twenty one? Is that gonna change? Is it calls for that? It to change? should change. I I haven't I've yet to hear a politician lead the charge. Now what happened was it was state by state, so certain states could just say, "Fuck it, we're gonna to go to this age." Does anyone? Does anyone? Wisconsin, do which is you know just north of uh, where we are, they had it. They were eighteen up until I want to say nineteen eighty. Right. Because I remember I had a teacher, still one of my favorite teachers I ever had. And he was an honest teacher. That's why I liked him. Because I remember he, he said something like, if life were fair, I would have been in jail like 10 times. Right. And I've never heard anyone say if life were fair, bad things would happen to me. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. always, if life yeah. were fair, I would have gotten that job yeah, promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing good things. Yeah. But he was like, no, it goes both ways. Yeah. I'm counting the times I got away with stuff. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of gravitated towards him. Like, okay, this is a, an honest teacher. And he was the first one that was honest with us. But he told us, he at one time said, everyone... I'm going to ask you guys a question. No one's going to get in trouble. I'm just curious about something. If you were in a car this past weekend, you know, this was like on a Monday, and there was an open container, meaning someone had an open can of beer or whatever, raise your hand. Be honest. And maybe a couple people raised their hand. Or 30, 30 guys. It was an all-guys Catholic high school, so 30 people, two or three people raised their hand. And then he said, if this were 1979 when I was a senior, everybody's hand would have been up. Yeah, of course. And he told us what they did. He was like, this is what we'd do on Fridays. You know, gas was cheap back then. Everybody contributed two dollars: a dollar for gas, a dollar for the drinks, for the for the case of beer they buy. A, that's a nice deal there. Great deal. <laughs> and then about four or five of them would cram into a car, and then right when school ended, drive get right on the highway. It would take maybe an hour with no traffic to get across the border, ah, stack up on beer, you, and you. then drive back. And that was like you know for the for the night or for the weekend. And they had their beer, and they even said there was like a in the back seat there was like a hole, and it was an old shitty car, and they would pee. Out like the, through the hole in the floor. I need to befriend these guys. Cause that I, I like want to go. There's shit, I want a movie about these dudes <laughs> because I, I go. That was that seemed like a fun era. But here's the thing: Wisconsin then joined the rest of the country with being 21 or older oh. because the federal government at the time said we're going to take away your highway funding because you know the highways <laughs> are all so federalized, <laughs> and so they were like, ah. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll go to twenty one as well because they want to. So they basically like That's such a shit move. It's a shit move. Like yeah. you're not gonna have roads if you keep letting the kids. Yeah, drink. basically, yeah. It's all gonna go to shit. We're not gonna help you with this <laughs> or that. So join us at twenty one. I don't nerds? know why they went to twenty one. Yeah, a bunch of nerds, a <laughs> yeah. bunch of virgins running the government in this country. Stiffs. Yeah, it must be because like, there's so many things there. It's like, why is that illegal? Like, in, uh, what I will say for you, a good thing in Europe is like, more so the likes of France than than where I'm from, but like. In France, like a kid will have a glass of wine with their family, no problem. And that just means there's no like, what would you say? There's no like big excitement about drinking alcohol because it's just kind of there. So they, they don't, in the likes of France and Spain, countries like that, like they don't abuse it as much. It's kind of different at home. Like there is like a big underage drinking culture, but it's not like you're not withheld from it to the point where you go crazy once you turn a certain age. Like, I've never, like, I've done, like, a bit of drinking in my time, and I'll still, like, especially, like, you call it a bachelor party? Stag yes, bachelor so party. So if I'm going to a bachelor party, I'll, I'll I'll drink morning until night kind of thing, but but in general, I don't know, it's just never been a big, never been a big thing. I think with stand-up as well, because I drive, do a lot of shows now, 
Like we don't have Uber. Right? We have one Uber driver in Ireland, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so you can never get him because he's he's always he's busy. busy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it just means like I always drive for shows. So I just I just don't really drink. Well, let me ask you this then. All right, this is kind of shifting gears from the drinking aspect of things, which we'll probably come back around to more towards mental. I was talking about this recently after a show. So I've got, you know, two sons and my wife's a, a full-time nurse. You know, the nurses in America will work 12-hour shifts. Oh, wow. I don't okay. know if they're like that, if it's more 9 to 5. No, the NHS. Yeah. You know the NHS is? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like the National, National Health, Health Service. Service, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's in a bad way. So nurses are nurses and doctors are just flat out. Overworked? Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, okay, wow, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I mean, they're not, I don't know if they're overworked here, but I think they like the 12-hour shift thing. Cause it's it's rough for those couple days though. So if she works two days in a row, twelve hour oh, shifts. Two days on, two days off. Kind of yeah, thing? yeah, basically. Okay. So she's exhausted. Every now and then she'll pick up a shift, or if they're switching something around. And on those days, I'm still doing comedy at night. Yeah. And I've had a pretty crazy schedule the last few weeks where I haven't had a night off. I think in like the last fourteen, fifteen days, and it's been multiple shows. Wow. And dude, Wednesday was the worst. So Wednesday night, I did the show. You know, Zany's here. I didn't get home until midnight-ish, which isn't that bad. By the time I fell asleep, it was close to 12.30. My son, the six-month-old, woke up at 1. So I think I was right getting into that perfect deep sleep yeah, that I yeah, like to yeah. get into. He wakes me up, you know. It's a little kid. He's teething, so he's, his sleep schedule's been a little off lately. And so I go to you know get him, rock him back, you know, change his diaper. You know, he's hungry. Here's a, here's, some, here's a bottle, whatever. Put him down. He wakes up again at 3. Then he wakes up at 5. And then my other son, the two-year-old, who he sleeps through the night, he's now up at seven. Yeah. I don't think I got two hours consecutively that whole day. And then I have two little kids all by myself yeah. the whole day. Yeah. Then got to go back out and do comedy. Yeah. But I, so, but I was leaving right after the show uh, on Thursday night because I was just so exhausted. And I, I was talking to another comedian friend. He's like, "Dude, I, you had a great set tonight. Isn't it hard to just go home afterwards?" I go, "Yeah, it used to be impossible because yeah. when you have a great set, I try to tell people who don't do comedy." I think this is performance in general. I'm sure singers, rock stars definitely have this. When you kill and have an awesome set and everyone's loving you, it's hard to be like, all right, I'm just going to go home now and read a book and call it a night. No, you want to talk to people. You want to, And I think that's where like the drinking and then, unfortunately, with some people, the substance abuse gets yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. So you've definitely got a good head on your shoulders where you could be like, nah, I don't need it. But have you ever had that? Like, What do you do after a killer set? It, it, How do you it, keep the buzz going? Cause it, isn't it, that what it we definitely want? Definitely used to be like you say, like you have a good set, so you reward yourself with alcohol. Substance abuse isn't uh, big. In fact, the, it, if somebody brought like coke out after like a stand-up show back home, it would be really weird. I got so you. it's not like it's not a thing. It's just not a thing. I don't think there's. I, I'm, I'm sure there's people who do it. Just not really a thing. But yeah, a couple of pints is kind of what people go for. I I would have done that, but like. I don't know. I think now, when you have like a killer set, it's kind of like I I like my sleep. I like to get up early. So my wife's a teacher, so she gets up early, and that really suits me because being like full time at stand up, I used to get up like a bit later and it made me not productive. So now I get up at like seven thirty with her or whatever, have breakfast, then I start my day. So it's weird because now when I have like a really good set, I feel like I reward myself with like a good sleep. Like ah. all I want to have is like a cup. I like to. I, I so I'm obsessed with soccer, so I like. To, I, I'm. I'm. You could call it football. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I. I mean, I'm a guy of like simple pleasures. So I like to, like tonight after this show, like do, doing the Laugh Factory for me is a huge deal because I watch their YouTube stuff at home and I I follow the Laugh Factory in the Comedy Store 
and and it's huge for me you know um so people probably think oh you know i'm going over to do that and partying with the comedians and i, lo I love to hang out with comedians like i really enjoy this i like to meet comedians and talk but um I, I, after shows i kind of just like to you know say bye to everyone and then just like go back to my hotel and watch the day soccer highlights like that for me i can switch off really easy like i know a lot of comedians will do a set and they'll say like oh at like 3 a.m i was still like buzzing i i i don't when i'm done i'm not like uh i did the biggest the biggest show of my life like four weeks ago maybe and it it, it was incredible i had the best night ever and it, say like i I went home. Say my set finished at like 10 p.m. Give me one second here. I'm sorry. I want to hold that thought because I don't, I don't want this story to get any feedback. Sorry, listeners. Okay. There we go. That's way better. Just, it was it was good until you yeah. were about to get into a really good story, and <laughs> no, then I'm like, of course it's gonna have no, it's feedback. gonna be a letdown. I like say my show was over at 10 p.m. I I was asleep by 11. Wow. And I lived like 30 minutes away. I don't know. I just kind of. So I, I have Crohn's disease as well. I've got oh, Crohn's. Yeah. So for, for me to be firing on all cylinders, I need like a good amount of rest. I need to take care of myself. If I'm drinking a lot, I feel run down and tired and stuff. So a lot of it is just like managing my lifestyle. But but yeah, I mean, like you say, it is it is really, especially once you get married, it is it is difficult to, to balance your time. And, yeah, and, and, it's and tough. You can't go out and do loads of sets and then also like, you know, be like a, the guy at home. You know, you 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 I'll you'll say, I'll meet with kids. You know, but. yeah, yeah. So a little bit more, but you know, it's interesting when you mentioned the uh, your wife wakes up early, so then it gets you up early, yeah. and you're more productive. Yes, I have found I have two children and I'm more productive because the the free time I have, I make sure I use every second of it to be productive. And, as well as that, you probably like. I mean, that's probably huge motivation because obviously with kids, there comes way more financial pressure. So yes. you kind of have to be way more productive because you got to put food on the table, you know? And, and it's like, from an outsider here, it seems like, I feel like out here with, I, I don't know much about your healthcare system at all. It's but not good. Insurance and stuff like that, it feels like, you know, it, it takes a lot for people to like be comfortable here, like financially and stuff. I think back home with we we do have kind of in a way a flawed healthcare system, but you get a lot of help back. You home. get a lot of help. I mean, there might be some flaws. I don't know exactly what the healthcare system is like in Northern Ireland exactly, but there's a thing that Americans because Canada's so close to us. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know Canadians who love their healthcare. They love it. And there's this whole thing where Americans are like, oh, but they have long wait times. But I've talked to Canadians like. Yeah, if you got like some stupid scratch you need yeah, to look up yeah, yeah. and you're going to the emergency room yeah. or whatever, they might be like, okay, sit down. We got yeah. more important people to deal with yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. But for the most part, they're fine with everything and it's it's you, there for you. It's reliable. You can also like the money you would spend on insurance. If you need something urgent, you can go private. You know, Yeah, yeah. There's the option. I always think you need to have a, a public option to be private. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to a Chicago public grade school and the public schools here were actually on strike for like two weeks recently. And then I went to a Catholic high school, and I think the Catholic high schools are are considered pretty good because the competition with the public school. Now, if all the schools were public, then there's no competition. Yes. Some of them might yeah. fall behind, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. well, you're stuck. you got to go here anyway. What the fuck yeah, are you going to yeah, do? Yeah. Where I think it kind of makes them both almost compete. I know they're educators, so they're not going to say they're competing, but yeah, they are in yeah, a way. Yeah. You know, you have to offer something to be like, come pay for this. It's better for yeah. you. And with there's another interesting thing. As a parent, 
I don't know. How long is uh, maternity or paternity leave? Uh, I think paternity is three weeks, I want to say. So you get three weeks paid off after maternity child's born. Maternity is, is basically a year. Yeah, a year. But, but that's not all in full pay as far as I know, but it's still good. But you still know, good. You'll still be okay. In Illinois, because it's state by state, my first one was born in California, which is 12 weeks, which is nice. Illinois, it's eight weeks. My wife works for, she's a nurse, and so she works for a good, like, Northwestern. They're, like, one of the best. And she was able to get 10 weeks, and then she had two weeks of vacation time. So she was almost able to get three full months. You're getting a year over there. Yeah, and a lot yeah, of other yeah. countries. I've read a lot about Canada, Japan, European countries, Asian countries. Pretty much everyone in, you know, industrialized countries, major countries, are well, about a year or so. Something, yeah. I think Finland's like two years oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Scandinavia are basically like, hey, come back when you feel like it. Yeah, basically. You know, yeah, and I a think, decade of, of maternity leave. But... but but then, but like, I'm not saying we have to go that go yeah, that way, yeah, but we yeah. got to do better. And I think that's why we have a lot of the problems in America. And it goes back to the alcohol thing, where yeah, alcohol was glorified. We thought it was cool. Yeah. We're like, hell yeah, let's get a case of Miller Lite. Get fucked up. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, we would, we, and because we had binge drinking problems, like people would get alcohol poisoning. I'm, I, I remember, I got lucky one time where my friends were like, dude, we didn't know where you were, and we were walking by. It was a I was in high school, but my friend's sister went to college, right. and she had her own apartment. And we went and had like a party at that apartment. And they, I went walking past like a back bedroom and saw me like face down, and vomit was coming out the side. So they rolled me over just in time, basically. Right. Could have yeah, yeah, yeah. died like Hendrix without the talent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that'd been a sad way to go. But yeah, so I think about that kind of stuff. And if we didn't have those extra pressures, yeah, yeah. you know what you, that you have, and I think it does lead to more stress and more fucked up things, and people yeah. snap and shoot up places oh, that they don't do in other countries. I mean, light beer is kind of a funny concept. Us, like we, we, we consider light beer like defeating the purpose, you know? Yeah, it's it's like, a less it's like, like a less alcohol trying, content. At the minute, they're trying to like market Bud Light back home, but it's just not taking off. Like people don't like the light element. <laughs> people want a heavy beer. They don't. And I remember telling people when I I mean this you know again I was there fourteen years ago something like that twelve years ago. I saw uh, they had Budweiser, regular Budweiser, yeah. which seemed kind of popular enough. Yeah, it did, yeah, it did okay. Yeah, yeah. No, like I remember talking to one, you know, we landed at, um, you know, Dublin Airport and then checked, you know, it was early. So I think we were drinking it. We were in a pub by like 11, 1130. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just us and like the bartenders, maybe like one or two other winos, people, some real drunk dudes, yeah. old guys. And that's what I noticed too about Ireland. Everybody under the age of, I want to say, 50 was thin and yeah, then yeah. anyone i saw that kind of had a belly and was a little overweight was, it, was older yeah, yeah yeah but i remember telling people i'm like i didn't see any fat people everyone was no. like thin and they look good and everyone's walking around tall it's and everything Europe, european thing like you the, walk more over there's there there's like sugar tax now there is a big incentive to like make the food way healthier so like soft drinks cost way more now because of the sugar tax thing and yeah, makes, makes We tried that in Chicago or in Cook County, the county that we're in, and it backfired badly. Yeah, and I actually yeah. had an argument about that with, you know, normally I do in a studio and my the right. producer, James Webb, I mean, he'll chime in every now and then. And uh, he was like, no, we have to tax it because it's causing all this stuff. I go, yeah, I actually agree. There should be a tax on it because we want to reduce people consuming it because it's terribly unhealthy for you. They went too high with the tax, though. Yes. It was an insane. People were like, I buy cases of pop. You want to wean us off it? That's fine. But you can't expect us to go cold turkey because you're yeah. charging yeah, so yeah. much. And if the idea is to raise revenue to combat some of this stuff, to invest the money in like better, I don't know, like medical research or whatever, or really it's just to pay bills that the city has. Yeah. 
uh, you got to lower it a little because then people aren't going to buy it and then you lose that revenue anyway. I think a lot of it is is like portion size as well. So like They were doing it per ounce. Portion sizes over here, food and, and like soft drinks especially, like our biggest sodas would be the size of your small sodas. Oh, definitely. Oh, like like big big gulp is that what it's called? Like big gulp cups? Yeah. Oh, they just don't gulp. exist, man. They just don't don't exist. I know. There, it's like a it's like a tub. Yeah. You have a tub of the most unhealthy like, drink, and it tastes great though. So I I like if I'm like on the road or traveling or whatever, or just in general, I like to try and like eat pretty healthy. Uh, but I like a burger every now and again. So I was planning to have a burger in Philly uh, when I go there tomorrow. But, but today I walked past Shake Shack and I thought, you know what, we don't have Shake Shack back home, so let me just have a Shake Shack. And I felt really, like, not good about it. Like afterwards? Like after yeah. it settled? Yeah, not like not physically unwell, just kind of like, God, this isn't a good move, you know? With it a taste, big Dr. How'd it pepper taste, as well. Oh, it tasted phenomenal. Yeah, see, so I know, it's, that's the devil of it. But I think we, we sort of treat food more, like food like that more, as like a treat, kind of, as opposed to like a standard. And I'm obviously not saying... You know, every American person just constantly eats fast food. But, I mean, it's way more accessible here. Like, your highways. Like, I did a little bit of driving on a holiday earlier this year in America. And, like, a lot of the highways we were on, it's just a constant loop of, like, McDonald's, Wendy's, Arby's, McDonald's, Wendy's. You know, it just goes like that. Like, we we just don't have it as available to us. And, you know, it's difficult to get. Yeah, that's the the thing of it. It's really hard. You know, I was traveling the last few weeks, and I ate terribly. Yeah. And it's just so hard because after a show, the only things that are open late are fast food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're on the road, again, all the exits are McDonald's, yeah, Wendy's, yeah, yeah. Taco Bell, well, that, and all that. that. That's what I, I mean, I thought coming here, like, one of the first places I actually spent time, like, as an adult in America was New York. So I think of everywhere here as, like, kind of New York. So I thought when I did my shows, like, late night, I could go out and get, like, a coffee, a cup of tea, whatever. Everywhere here closes, you know? It's Yeah, I wish we were more like New York. I know it's a Chicago and people are going to be like, holy shit, because there's like a little bit of a Chicago-New York rivalry. Oh, okay. At least it? with, it used to be with some of our sports teams, not as much anymore. Yeah. Like, the, like in the 90s, you like the NBA. We were yeah, talking a little yeah. bit before the podcast about that. The 90s, the Bulls versus Knicks oh, the, was this huge thing. The we dominated the them. The Bulls but. were kind of the team that got me in. No, I don't have a lot of NBA knowledge, but like... Sometimes, like like you mentioned, Captain Crunch earlier, some stuff will just filter through to us, and we'll go, "Oh, we get that." The Chicago Bulls. Everyone was like, "Okay, I know them. I know the jersey, that kind of thing." That's yeah, what I. The red Michael Jordan. You're you're the guy to ask. Although I probably left it too late. I love like NBA, NFL, like clothing. I like like the the sweater you're wearing. Yeah, I love that. Bears. But where do you like? Where do you get that? Like I passed a couple of like lids today's and stuff. But is there like is there like a big store where I can be like, yep. Yeah, you know, not too far from here, Wrigley Field, where the Cubs play. Right. You could walk there from here. Oh, yeah? It's a little bit of a, I mean, diversity. No, I like to walk. I like a good walk. Probably be a mile and a half. Perfect. Not too far. I, you guys don't go by miles, though, right? No, we do. We do. Okay, nice. That's what is, pounds and stuff. Like, if I, how, if I asked you how much you weighed, stones. what would you say? Stones. You'd say stones, yeah. I'd say 12 stones. 12 stones. But after that shake shack, maybe like 14. <laughs> what does a stone equal, though? Do, um, do you know so the conversion? I'd be 74 kilograms, maybe? Okay. Do you do kilograms? No, we do oh. we do pounds. So I would I weigh okay, pounds. I weighed myself like, today. I'm 189, 189 pounds. So I don't know what that'd be in stones. What height are you? Six foot one. I'm gonna say, what are you? 189. I'm gonna say maybe I'm like 180. Okay. Just based not purely, but I'm acting like I have some sort of like. I would have guessed like 175. Right. Because okay. you you look a little. Um, I'm lean. I'm you're lean. lean. I'm lean. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say overly skinny, but like lean. Yeah, I'm lean. 
I would like to lose about 10 pounds though. Right, Cause right. I'm the, I was telling someone recently, I was talking to some girls after a show and they were asking me cause you know, I talk about my kids now on stage. They were asking what you weigh? Yeah, they were. They were like, you gotten fat from the last time. I was, no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, they were just asking about kids and stuff like that. And I just, I think I mentioned it cause something came up where I was like, yeah, I actually want to lose like 10 pounds. I think the one woman was like a fitness structure and instruct, oh, okay. fitness instructor or something like that. And then she's like, oh, you probably just gained weight. Husbands will gain sympathy weight because the wives gained some weight. And it's like, you know, this is my second kid. When the first kid was born, I didn't get any weight. And I think I'm gaining weight this time around because my first son, he's now two. And he's starting to eat, you know, he eats real meals now. But he doesn't finish anything. They don't. Uh, They're like, yeah, yeah, can yeah. I have peanut butter and jelly? You make peanut butter and jelly, they eat half the sandwich. Yep. So I'm, I'm just eating leftovers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, when I'm about to clear a plate, if half the food's still on there, my brain, I'm still like, I still come from being like, you know, working class kid where I'm like, I'm no not, what you mean. I'm not throwing this away. So I stuff it in my mouth. Absolutely. And yeah. then I notice, I'm like, damn, I'm getting fat yeah. from eating because none of, no one in the house can finish <laughs> a plate. My wife still can't finish her own plate. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they just scrape it into your mouth. Basically, at this point, yeah, I've become yeah. the garbage disposal <laughs> where they're just feeding it in there. So, yeah, man, back to the whole health thing. There are added pressures because of, like, the more expensive stuff that we have yeah. to deal with here in America. Um, like, yeah, things are – capitalism as a whole – now we're getting into, like, some economics here. Here we go. Here. Here we go. I always try to tell people, like, this, like, needs to be – so many Americans, because, like, a lot of it's from propaganda – they hear the word socialism and they just lose their minds. Like, how dare you? It's, you could still own your own business. Yeah, you could yeah. still have a bar. You could still become a millionaire. Yeah. There are millionaires where you're from. Yeah, there are yeah. millionaires in Sweden. There are millionaires. Like, of course. China's the biggest communist country in the world. And trust me, there are people with money there. Oh, Granted, yeah. it's a dictatorship a little bit. So everywhere you've got the rich and the poor. Don't you? Yeah, that, that exists everywhere. I just try to tell people, I'm like, but in these other countries, there's at least safety nets so that the poorest among them don't have to worry about the things that we have to worry about here. Yeah, yeah. And well, it's, well you look at the right like food banks is a huge thing in england right now like england had like two food banks a couple of years ago and now they have like thousands people literally can't afford to eat you know yeah that's that's sad it's scary but um, why is that in england because i mean the an american who wouldn't know any better be like probably because they have too much socialism and everyone's getting taxed to death and they're not working hard enough and that's why taxes probably i mean i don't know a lot about politics i i try and just avoid it yeah, I mean, I, I, you're smart no i don't think that's that i used to think that was ignorant but with the world we're living in again i don't know what it, it's quite like where you're living over yeah. here now as a comedian i've avoided politics i know i'm talking about it now this is podcast form and i yeah i don't get too into it on this podcast because it's gotten boring everybody thinks you need to know about it and therefore it's just a lot of bad opinions so, so the bit that i opened the show with my set with at the laugh factory was uh, about brexit because people here ask me about brexit nobody back home knows what brexit is we don't know <laughs> what it is but we'll still try and have a conversation like we do know what it is but none of us do and we should all just admit that we don't know what it is, but we try and talk about it. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, this very selfishly, like I, like my prior, like I just care about, like, are my family okay? Do yeah. We, do, can we put food on the table? Can we pay our bills? Um, so yeah, Brexit might fuck. Can I swear on this? Yeah. Brexit might fuck everything, but uh, but then again, it might not happen. Have so, I not been swearing? I don't know. I I don't know. Wow, because I'm pretty notorious I feel for like swearing. In this, in this bar, you kind of like have to swear. This is well, Nolan. I see where you're from. People throw around the word "cunt" all the time. Not as much as Nolan, but we do. Nobody probably does Nolan's as much as like, Nolan. I think he's like speaking to Guinness about trying to break that record because <laughs> I've had him on the podcast. I did an episode where it's just me and him. Yeah. And he was like my first non-comedian on because I'm like this yeah, guy's yeah. hilarious to talk to and he's funny and he's yeah, for sure. interesting. And uh, yeah, he throws around the word cunt like it was the word the. And he told this great story. 
I could tell it. I could rehash it because it was like he was like in like the sixth episode, and this is like the eighty third. He was talking about this woman who was being an asshole, and she was being shitty to everybody. Because he said he's never called a woman a cunt except right. for this one time. Right. And like the popcorn machine's over there, she's knocking popcorn on the hand, and then he, like they kick her out, and then uh, she's blah 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 blah. And then he's like, "I'm sorry, I, mean, I had to kick you out. You were being a cunt." And she looked around and she's like, "Did you guys hear what he just called me?" And everyone, it was you know, it was all Americans, but they had all saw how she was, and they all looked at her like, "Yeah, no, he's right. You're being a cunt." Yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah, they all had yeah. his back immediately. <laughs> I just love that the honesty there where people could you she was all like could you believe that how yeah. dare he and everyone's like no nah, he should have said worse yeah. and if you were a guy you would have gotten punched in the fucking face yeah. so just be I, happy I mean I'll use that word like with close friends but like I won't just throw it about because I like to keep it up the sleeve for like maximum effect yes you know because that's where do you what go that word has that? if you if, if you use that like I don't know. I think Nolan must have like invented some sort of like original word. Because what does he say when he's when he needs to take it up a notch? I don't know. Cunt and cunt. Maybe you know. What yeah. I mean? like maybe he doubles it up. Yeah, cunt and cunt. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Good point. I don't know how you would. You'd have to definitely make it some kind of sort of compound verb or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what you would do. He's interesting though because. What a guy. <laughs> well, no, he's a fucking good dude. I love he that just dude. Brought me over here to to do a show. He like arranged the Laugh Factory sets. You know, put me up and 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 that like that mean that is something I really really appreciate because he didn't have to do that. He doesn't know me. You know, he is the best dude. And yeah. I've told people who meet him for the first time, he'll probably say something that is one hundred percent offensive. Yeah. But no, you will not meet a better human being than him. But is it not better to you know? I like to meet when I meet someone. I like to get like the real them straight away. Yes. I don't like to like get to know you and then realize like oh you were like putting on an act or whatever like. He, he he just he swears he's got a foul mouth but he'll do anything for you kind of thing yeah he'll take a bullet for you so if you show me that up front i know like okay that's that guy that's fine yes no i agree with you i'd rather that that's why i actually kind of like that woman that we were talking to before the podcast because yeah. she revealed her crazy immediately yeah yeah and it yeah, wasn't yeah. like she's she some barf in. yeah i mean she left too she could have still been here sneaking into the conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and if you're listening to she's this i'm sure you're she's great not. but she's not. <laughs> you know don't talk shit about football to my face how about that not, not that i really cared <laughs> No, Nolan, here's another great story about Nolan. I there's a comedian in front of ours, Bill Cruz, he's out in LA now. He had like a big going away party because he was gonna move the next day, go out to LA. At the party, which was held here, he got so fucked up, I think he fell down like this There's steep stairs, I guess. There's a steep stairs here that I think he fell down the stairs and broke his ankle and so he couldn't leave. And then he he had no job and um, because yeah, I think he was in the hospital for like a day like a day. (laughs) I thought you meant I thought you meant he fell down these stairs, couldn't leave this bar, <laughs> so how did you start working here? He just physically couldn't leave, and they're like, all right, well, let's get you, you a stool. Your wife and be like, I'd love to come home, but I'm stuck here for <laughs> six months. Well, that's funny. Like, wife, he's, he's actually a gay Mexican comedian, so oh, no sure. wife there. Um, the Mexican part doesn't matter, I guess. And uh, he, um, no, it was really funny that he broke his ankle just because he's a funny guy, so just picturing him with a broken ankle made me laugh. So he... Had nothing he could do and he had you know, pay for hospital so nolan helped him out by saying you could work the door here but again he's had a broken ankle so he worked there's two entrances to the bar we're right by the other one and he had the one dude um he just let him sit on a stool and check ids gave him money for that yep. and then he, you need a car in los angeles he's moving to la which is car capital of the yeah, world absolutely, yeah. and um he had just bought a used mercedes that Nolan was just gonna fuck around with and he's just like here have this and he gave it to him for free 
And I'm like, that's the kind of guy Nolan is. Yeah. So if you're yeah. around him and he says something your sensitive little fucking ears can't handle, yeah. that yeah, shit's yeah, on yeah. you. You Absolutely, know, I'd, yeah. I get, like you were saying, I'd rather someone up front who tells you who they are. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he's a good dude like that. When I, after my second son was born, he let me work a few uh, shifts, uh, working the door here, because I, you know, I didn't want to go on the road. Yeah. And um, you know, you could only do so many of the clubs over and over again, where there's a weekend where you just got nothing going on. So he helped me out with that. Yeah, he's a good guy like that. That's what I love about Irish people in general, though. I feel like, I think that's why a lot of American culture gravitates towards Irish people. Well, it's because there's an authenticity. Yeah, it's like, I like I think people back home like most of us prefer to give than receive so like it means more to see somebody happy because of something you've done than to get the thing yourself you know so like we'll give you like there's a big phrase like i'd give you my last which means like and you can apply that to anything like i'll give you my last like sweet uh like candy or whatever yeah but also like on a, on a bigger scale than that like it's just i don't know what like i i, I find like the, so my uber driver on the way here was from the middle east there's there's a real similarity from spending like a bit of time in Dubai from speak like people from the Middle East are very very much like that like they they really really like uh, what do you call it when you like take care of someone like hospitality yes it's all like they would if you like you know the I don't know if you know this but like in places like Egypt and stuff like that if you're in somebody's house or whatever and you say hey I really like that painting like you just give them a compliment they have to give you that thing and they'll get really hurt if you don't take it. Really? Yeah, and ours isn't ex- as extreme That's as that. That's pretty extreme. Because my dad was in Egypt like years ago and, and they had like a tuk-tuk driver who, who took him and his friend around. I'm and, sorry, what is that? Like a tuk-tuk. So it's what like, that? I, I'm like aware a, that sounds if you don't know what it is. Like a very, it sounds like you're making fun of their no, language. It's, yeah, it's absolutely not. <laughs> I know you're not. Tuk-tuk yeah. is like, I want to say originally Indian. Uh, okay. But, but it's like a, what would you call it? It's like a... Sometimes they're wooden, like a. You get in the back of it. Somebody like pedals. Oh, it. oh, it's uh, kind of like a rickshaw type rickshaw, thing we call rickshaw. it. Yes, it's a rickshaw. Okay, uh, but sometimes they say tuk tuk. I, I, uh, I think I've heard that before, but right, I wanted to right. clarify. No, I'm, I'm like, am I making that up? Because I don't even really know. <laughs> and uh, I love India. I'm dying to go to India. Uh, my YouTube channel is doing great in India. India, yeah. Well, then India. Go do some gigs. There's, I'd love to go English there. Speaking clubs ever. Have you been to India? No, I haven't, but I would like to. You should go. Uh, but my dad, uh, yeah, my dad was in Egypt and the the rickshaw driver they got chatting and the rickshaw driver was like you have to come to my home like I'll, we'll, we'll make you food and this guy lived in like the slums but he's like you'd be my guest or whatever and then my dad's friend was like on the side he's like oh, we can't because if we give this guy any compliment he will have to like give us the thing so they, it, it, the guy was almost too generous to the point where they couldn't take him up on his offer and there is like we're not that extreme but there is like from like any time I meet like somebody from Jordan or Dubai or wherever or, or India which isn't that often but when I do I, I sort of get like there's like a mutual thing of like ah, we're, we're similar in a way and that, that kind of way but also Americans are really really generous as well yeah I think we're pretty good with stuff like that but the, so the comics especially like I've been to comedy clubs in, in like, a, like different cities some different countries and there's always going to be like cool comedians and people who are maybe like short with you or like a bit cold Every single, I can. Every single comedian I met at Laugh Factory last night, like sh- we shook hands. They made a point of like, you know, having a bit of a chat and and that. Like you don't you don't get that everywhere, you know. So I I realized pretty quickly that like there's a really good comedy scene here with like nice people, you know. Yeah, no, the and, Chicago comedy scene I think is probably the best of the major comedy scenes in the United States. I mean, New York know? and LA is bigger, but yeah, yeah. 
course. Do you know Monk? Yeah, yeah, Flonny's Monk. Oh, what yeah. a guy. Nice guy. What a guy. I was just chatting about you. He's like, what are you doing in town? I was like, I just trying to actually play soccer. I was trying to get a pickup game today. And he was like phoning people. You know, he's like trying to make that happen. Oh, that's great. Which was great. So Yeah, no, he's a really nice dude. I like that guy. Everybody was, and even the staff, like just really nice. Because I've done like a couple of clubs, like not much at all, in New York and LA. And I just, they just weren't as welcoming to somebody who's not, you know, a new guy or whatever. Uh, New York definitely has that a little bit. I mean, it depends who. Like the bigger comics, they feel secure in their place, and uh, so they're cool. But I feel like Chicago has this mentality. It's very working class. It's very, you know, we're a big city, but I think we don't want to be like New York. I remember when I was 15, 16 years old, I got a job working like in downtown Chicago where like at you know everyone's crossing there's like thousands of people what you're like shoulder to shoulder bumping shoulders with people because there's so many people out and about and then I my cousin worked with me he was like or he was across the street at a different building it was a family hookup job I had like an uncle who worked for uh, like the county he was kind of higher up so he helped us out yeah and it was a great job for a high school kid but I remember we were always like we'd meet for lunch and we were walking around downtown with all that hustle and bustle and he I don't know if it was me or him. We we're like, oh, let's pretend we're tourists. We'll look up at the buildings. So when we were crossing the street, we were looking up at the buildings, and people would get out of our way because they were like, oh, they're visiting. Let's move for them. Yes. And it was easier to cross the streets because people were moving. Yeah, I can. But if they knew, if I was wearing like some T-shirt that clearly, yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, look at this guy. He's clearly from here. They'd be like, get the fuck out of the way, idiot. The amount of people, like even that woman at the bar, uh, she she said, you know, like, oh, welcome to Chicago. So many people said that, welcome to Chicago, like. It's I, 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 it's similar to back home. Like people are like almost in a way grateful that you've come to their city or their town, and you're you you know you you you're making an effort to see the place and and you're 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 a visitor. There definitely is like an appreciation of that. I love that, and I remember when I was in Ireland, uh, I had you know I remember we were at we were crossing the street. I think it was the first day we were there, and uh, oh, it was really cool too. Was we took a shuttle or a bus from the airport. And we didn't know exactly into where we were going, into the city, into Dublin. And I remember telling the bus driver, like, oh, we're trying to go over to this street and this. And he was like, all right, I'll let you know. And then we just sat down. And then all of a sudden he was just like, all right. It wasn't even like a, an official stop. He just yeah, said, yeah. you're over there. You. Oh, yeah. And he let us out. And we was like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, bus drivers in this city would never do that. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah, yeah. dicks. But don't get me wrong. It's a hard job, get, though. You will get dicks as well. I'm sure you would, but he but, was cool to us. So I, people I, will help. People will help you. And when we were crossing the street, I, th- there was a dude on the other side who was going to cross. So we were going to pass him. And my friend Kenny, who I was with, was like, hey, that dude looks like you. And I kind of looked at him like, yeah, it kind of does look like you'd be like my older brother or something <laughs> like that. It's kind of funny, you know, being an American, but, you know, looking the way I do. And I was like, all right, it's funny. And then as we're about to cross, on his side, a car kind of like went past the red. Like it should have not have gone. He punches the back of a, the trunk. Yeah. A car was going. He hits the back of a moving vehicle. Yep. And I think he says, like, mind the lights, you prick. Yeah. And, like, yeah. bashed it. And then we're like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, that that really just we, happened? We do like to punch trunks. We like it. It's kind of a national sport. It's yeah. It's a hobby. People like to punch a trunk, you know. But then Even as we're – I, I kind of liked it. I'm like, that's good. That's good. Uh, good yeah. spunk right there. It's got some passion. Uh, and it doesn't take shit yeah. from anybody. Yeah, yeah. And that's – I kind of have that mentality too. But as we're crossing the street, he was just like, how you doing, lads? Like, he went from zero to happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I notoriously, amongst my comedian friends, have a pretty bad temper. I'm the guy who – I never start a fight. I never have. But I'll, if someone's being disrespectful, I'll try to – I'm not afraid of confrontation in that any, sense. Have you um, episodes, like, on stage? Yes. I've unfortunately, I've had a few where – Hey, tell me about that. All right, man. Um – 
Give me the best. Give me the best one. Oh, the best one. Well, one I got physical with another comedian afterwards, and then someone was filming on their iPhone. This is when the iPhone technology was new. Luckily, I got it removed from YouTube because I was like, you have to take that shit down, and then I get flagged. Is this in like in YouTube a parking lot, backstage? No, it was... He did motherfucker edit it. I hated this guy. Everyone ended up hating this guy. He was a dude who ran a podcast in Chicago that everyone thought was cool at first. He was a he, very talented graphic designer, so he would do like some design work for people, and we're like, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> By the way, I love that. You're like, he's a comedian. I mean, he's a good graphic designer. Well, he wasn't even a comedian. He did a podcast. He was a podcast host. I, well, I'll admit it. I still hate this guy. I still hate him. He's a piece of shit, but I can admire his work from afar. He wasn't right. bad. Um, but then I just realized I was just ripping off like Frank Miller type stuff. Yeah. So he filmed me drunk and belligerent and then like cut it up to make it almost look worse for like entertain like comedic effect. I was just in a bad sometimes I this happens like once a year for me. Right. And it's usually if I have to host a show. I'll go up and if I'm not feeling it right away, I'll take it out on the audience a little bit. But then I try to get him back on my side yeah. and then it just count like exponentially gets worse. Yeah. And I've had it where um Luckily sometimes I get crazy enough where some people in the audience think that's my act. I've had. I remember that that same night where the dude filmed it. I had people come up to me going like, "You were amazing." And I go, "What?" what? There? Yeah, yeah. They yeah, think yeah. I, it's like the, my performance bit, art. Yeah, I'm like yeah. this dark comedian who yeah. was telling them I'm going to commit suicide. And <laughs> I used to do a joke about. I did it. It's a newer bit. This is not. This was the most recent one. Maybe five months ago. It was about. And this is unfortunate. Obviously, I've. I lived in LA for like three years. I moved back after my first son was born to be with her family and everything. And I've been back in Chicago for two years. In those two years. I've had like five friends die. Three of them were via suicide. And, you know, it sucks. It's awful. Yeah. But I noticed every time someone, the, one of the people who died via suicide, I'd see on social media, hey, check in on your friends. You don't know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. And so my angle on the joke was if you start hitting someone up, they're going to be like, what, you think I'm going to kill myself, you asshole? Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. obvious which friends you think might do it. Yes. Yeah. For so sure. that was the whole concept of like the, the whole joke like that. And I, I was just working it out like once or twice. I think the first time I did it, I must have did it in a way where I was good because it killed. Yeah, So yeah, it yeah. made me think this is a great joke. It's finished. Hey, Noli. Hey. How are you, my man? Good, good, dude, good. I wish I had another mic so you could jump on. We were just talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> you have, man. You've provided enough content. We did a St. Patrick's Day episode here. I even mentioned that to you. We started at 10 a.m. and went I'm gonna say there was a few drinks taken on the St. Patrick's Day episode. He brought out, he put a bottle of patties in the center, and we took care of that. And there was some more. It was pretty belligerent, and um, <laughs> some. I was looking. We filmed that once. So I was looking. I know. I just uh, stopped the story I was telling. No. Fuck. What was the story I was telling? Just about the the first time you did the bit. Oh yeah, the suicide bit, basically. So yeah, I, I, the first time I did it, it killed. So it made me think this joke's great. It's done. And then I tried to do it again, and it bombed so badly. I told the audience, yeah, I'm thinking about committing suicide now. Thank you for that, because you guys couldn't see where I was going with that. Yeah. It's not pro-suicide, you fucking idiots. And then, like, yes. you have to, like, break it down, and you get, like, angry. So how frustrating is it as a comic when you have a new bed? And maybe you don't even, you're like, I don't know, maybe this will be something. And the first time you do it without giving it too much thought, it kills. And you go, if this kills before I properly worked it out, what's it going to be like when I figured it out? Then you do it again after you worked it out. And it's never the same. I still can't figure why sometimes. But I'll, and sometimes I'll keep a bit in the set and I'll be like, eventually that's going to work. And I'll do it and it won't work and I'll do it and it won't work. And the one, like the next time it works, I'll be like, right, I can drop that bit because <laughs> I made it work again. Yeah, you just wanted to prove to yourself. Yeah. Hey, fuck you. I knew I could get you people. Yeah, I, I think in, especially in a longer set, you always have to have a bit for you. 
Those you always have to have a little bit that maybe it doesn't always kill, but you enjoy doing it. Yeah, you do. You do. I had this joke about transgender where I remember the first time I told it, someone was looking at me and like, you can't say that. And I'm like, I didn't say a single negative about yeah. transgender people. Yeah, yeah, I made yeah. a joke that if you were listening to the joke, it's actually about, it's more unifying than anything because it's yeah. kind of saying like, at the end of the day, we're all the same. Right. That type yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah. And they heard what they wanted to hear and, and then I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to keep doing it. But now for some reason, they like it. I right, don't know. Maybe right. I was telling it differently before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe, I, maybe the I don't give a fuck attitude is what sells the joke now. I Little things so. like that that I wish the average person kind of appreciated more. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. that we need it. I don't need your appreciation. I need your laughter. I need you to enjoy it. I don't, yes. I don't care if you're you know, writing home about me or what he did was, you know, I don't, I don't even, I know comedy's yeah. an art, but I don't like thinking of ourselves as artists. No. It sounds I, too serious, no, right? I always, I always like want to do well every time I get up on stage, but you're never going to walk away from seeing me and be like, God, that's really made me think about things. I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to get a point across. I don't touch politics. And you, 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 obviously as a comic, you'll have heard of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yes, huge. Which is huge. You take a show up, you do it for one month, you, all, you do a residency, there's hundreds of comics up there. I went up a couple of times when I was like kind of new, and then my agent at the time was like, you got to get like an emotional angle on the show, that's what's doing well. You need like a heartfelt bit of the show, big twist at the end, make people laugh and cry. I tried it, and then I was like, hold on a second. This is not the stuff I like. This is not the stuff I watch and laugh at. So why don't I just do the sort of stand-up I like? So now I just do stuff which I hope is funny for the sake of it. So you just, do you still do that festival? I'll still do the festival every other year, but I'm not going up with a show that I'm trying to win an award with. I I'm see. just trying to make you laugh more than the show you were up before. You know? That's Yeah, that's what I would want to do at the end of the day. I've, got, I've had a lot of friends from America go over there, and they love it. They love the experience. It's really cool. You'll come I, back. That's one of my regrets Better. right now. I, mean, I, I think I want to do it one day, but I know I'm going to have to wait until I'm older. Um, because you know I've got the two little kids, I can't disappear the, for a month. When they're at the right age, take them over. Yeah, maybe you will. Because it's in August, so there's no school over you here. You do the whole month. Oh, you don't have to do the whole month. No, no. Oh, I was. I, people so, made it seem like you'd be up there for so 25 this days. Year I did two nights at the start. It was the start of my tour. I kind of treated it like a bit of a preview. And there's a scale at the French. You can do like 300 seaters, or you can play to four people. So when I say like I did two nights of previews, it wasn't in like a big venue. It was like a 70 seater, and I went in two nights. Hung out with my comedian friends, who at this point were all just dead behind the eyes. They were partied out, they were broke, uh, and I got to just stay in a nice hotel for two nights and eat like proper food, which they were jealous of because they did not have money for nice food. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think now, from now on, at that, I would just do one week because my wife, my wife is a teacher, so she gets like two months off during the summer, um, and I'm not going to take one month of that off to go and work. I'm yeah. I'm just not going to do it. No, that and makes I guess sense. It would. You know, industry people, if you like, would be like, you got to do it. You don't. You don't. Just I mean, do, do whatever you want. Isn't that what's kind of nice about the Internet right now? I mean, the Internet, you know, social media, there's always things that we can't stand about it. But I think it makes it so that you don't have to do stuff. You don't. You, you do, know, you definitely, definitely don't. And like I've spent the last uh, year working, working without an agent. Um, and that was a big thing before where everyone's like, if you're doing TV stuff um you got it. You got to have an agent. You got to have an agent. I just did it without and, and enjoyed it. And now I'm about to have it again, but I enjoyed that time where I just did my own thing. Yeah, I don't have a manager. I have an agent, but just to send me on like the acting stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not really like, I like acting and I yeah. want to book the parts, but yeah. I've just kind of started. I don't. It's kind of like gravy, you yeah. know? Um, I don't know if that expression applies to where you're from, but like just, 
it's it's an added bonus. I don't think of it. I'm a stand up. That's all I want to do. Exactly. Stand up. If I go out for an audition and yeah. I get the part, great. And sometimes I'll get an audition where I'm like, that eh, I don't want to do that. Well, so I don't. I'll say no. A lot of people, which I find weird, but I guess it isn't, that are in stand up to become actors. Yes, that's true. It's big and over here. Op- I, any acting I'm doing is to get people to come and see me. Live. Me too. That's all I and think I, of it. I, I do like a sitcom back home on BBC Northern Ireland, and I have a ball doing it. I really like doing it. But I do it because, well, it's fun. And secondly, if 20 more people come to see my shows, then it's it's not worth it. Yeah, but you're like, you want to consider, consider yourself like a thespian where it's no, like, I'm no. just classically trained I, and I just want to... I started acting, yeah. right? But I don't know if I can act. I still don't know. I haven't figured that out. Like, I can do this sitcom because it's it's uh, pretty much all improvised. Nice. Which is cool for a sitcom. So it's just like being on stage. What's the sitcom called? It's called Soft Border Patrol. So it's about, uh, 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 so, you know, between Ireland, North and South, there's no border. You can just drive across. Uh, this is about, with Brexit coming around, the idea that we would have this border patrol who are like not official cops or anything. Oh, I see. It sounds like a funny concept. It's cool. And, and see, being a stat, like, I don't know how to learn lines. I don't know how to dramatically act. So whenever they say like, yeah, just have fun and say what you think and stick to like key points, but you got like an outline, right? Yeah. Okay, that's, cool. That's the idea. That's the idea. It doesn't feel like acting to me. It just feels like having fun. I wish more shows did that concept. Like Curb cool. Your Enthusiasm famously did that. You know, Larry David's a genius. And that's so funny because nobody's acting in that. No. Larry David's not acting. Cheryl is, isn't acting. Jeff isn't, you know, they're just, yeah. they're just being them. That's why that show is one of the best comedies ever. Yeah, there's like an authenticity. Like I was saying yeah. before, why people like Irish people. I think being authentic is key, and I wish more people would go that route. Yeah, yeah. Just be yourself. Yeah. It seems like such cliched advice, too, but no, it, no, no, it needs true. to be said more of. Yeah. But I wish more shows would do that. Get a bunch of talented, funny people together. And I mean, yeah, have be, an outline. You need, a, you need a concept, but let yeah. them be them. Let them put their own take on it. Yeah. And, you know, that's not to say there aren't incredibly talented writers out there. There, there are, but I remember I was working on a show... When I first moved out to L.A., my buddy uh, Steve Byrne is comedian. Yeah, I've heard of Steve Byrne. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's like American Asian? Yes, yes. He, um, his father's, I think father was born in America, but his grandparents are from Ireland. But oh, his really? mother is like right off the boat from Korea. Like oh, okay. yeah, thick yeah, Korean yeah. accent. I, I remember meeting her a few times. Sweetest woman, but cool. struggling to understand what she was saying because yeah, the yeah. accent was a little yeah. too thick for me. And um, yeah, great. One of the greatest people you ever meet, too. Super fun guy. Right. On his show, though, and I might have told him this to his face, I thought there, there was like an episode or two. They had one episode that Ken Jong on, you know, the Hangover movies, and that yeah, guy's yeah. huge. Yeah. He uh, was doing a bunch of like ad libbing and, you know, improvising and all sorts of like and making the scene so much better. So funny. And that was like day one of rehearsal. The next day of rehearsal, it was so much smaller. The whole thing he did before was like most of it was gone. It was very little. I remember what happened to that. And then hearing someone say, oh, they felt like it was too much and it wasn't moving the story. I'm like, who gives a fuck no, about the story? I just want things to be funny. Be, be funny, because that's what care. people are going to talk about the next yeah, day. That's yeah. what hits people. I don't care about uh, a start, middle, and end. I don't care about a twist. I Just just make me laugh. Just yeah. make me laugh. I don't care what it's about, you know? Yeah, that's why I think I'm liking YouTube comedy a lot, because you could just put out a four-minute joke, and here's the joke, oh, and like, no one cares what happened before or after. They go, oh, that's funny, and it could stand alone, which is kind of yeah, nice. like, um... I put a sketch online maybe two weeks ago when uh, like a, a abortion law and gay marriage kind of got made legal in Northern Ireland, which is only happening now. And um, we have one major political party who are totally against gay marriage, totally against like 
abortion and stuff like that. So I, I pretended to be in that party and did like a fake rant video as one of these politicians. And I just filmed <laughs> it in my podcast studio. And we have a producer, but I just did it like on my phone and put it up straight away. And the phones look so good now. Anything I would properly plan and do like a two camera shoot on. So it's lovely to be able to just do whatever you want. Yeah, I love I that. Can put that. I can cut that whatever I want. I can distribute it wherever I want. Sorry, real quick. This fucking mic cord. I moved. There we go. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's just great to be able to. Because back in the day, you had to work with a broadcaster. You had to. And we, we, we only have BBC back home. That's our only uh, broadcaster in Northern Ireland. Oh, wow. Not now. We used to have two, but now we have one. And they get so much of their content from network, you know, big BBC, if you want to call it the, the London BBC kind of. So they don't get to make a ton of their own programs. Um, so that makes it harder to get a show. Uh, now, yeah, luckily, I I, stuff. I, I've got stuff kind of happening now, which it's been a long, long time like trying to get that. In the wait for me trying to like get in there, I just started doing my own stuff. Yeah. Now I will. Now I still do as much of my own stuff, but alongside what I do for BBC. Yeah, because you're building up your own thing. Then people are finding you, going, yeah. "Oh, I like what he's doing. I'm gonna see what these guys going with." Yeah. And yeah. and then when BBC comes around, you already have yeah. this proof of concept. Yeah. Where it's like, look what I do. It and works. There, there are two different things. Like I do, I do two podcasts. I do my own, and I do one with me and my friend. And then we have a sh- me and that friend have a show on BBC Radio Ulster which is different to the podcast. So you might like one of those two things, but not the other. Yeah. Does that make sense? So like, no, it totally makes sense. So it's it's great to be able to do both those things. Yeah, that's what is really nice about right now is the the fact that you we could just create. And like you were yeah. saying, yeah, I just put it, I filmed it myself on my phone. Normally you'd have to work with a broadcaster. I think the more and more we could get rid of the middleman, the better it is for us as entertainers but also for the audience viewing it because yeah. they just get it more directly. It doesn't have to go through all these channels of they, watering it down. They like you, so they want to see the thing that you want to do. You know, yes. um, like my, what, what I want to do is be like in a position down the line where I can like, set, so I've set up my own production company, uh, but just kind of by name, you know what I mean? We're not doing anything yet, but I want to be able to make stuff and then sell that to BBC as a, as a, as a package. Yes. You know, and say like, here's Smart. the thing. We're gonna put it online anyway, but do you guys maybe? Want I didn't to think you on? could do stuff like that in a socialist country. That's some fucking idiot right, listening right. right now. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, but with like BBC iPlayer, which is like on demand, you can put whatever on now. So it's changing a lot. And uh, I was really into this Irish show called Hardy Bucks. Was that Hardy big? Bucks, were you phenomenal? I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Phenomenal. I got Look into the way it. They filmed that. What's that? Look at the way they filmed that. I mean, yeah, that's. I, I, I know a load of the guys in it, but I don't know. The one guy has the same last name as me, and we've, like, talked on Facebook. Because I was, uh, uh, the guy who plays the Boo is Tom Kilgallen. The Boo, yeah, 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 yeah. The Boo's a great character. And, um, and that's where my family's originally from, that part of Mayo. Mayo, yeah. So I got Castletown. Yeah, Castletown. I got turned on to it, like, in 2009 before it became, but when they, were, they, were, they were competing for that RTE prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh like so I was on some other podcast and someone like recognized my last name because it was a, it was just a random message from someone. Hey, I heard you in this podcast. It's really funny. Check this out. And I think they were just someone trying to get more people to view them. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll check it out. And I'm like, this is hilarious. The I haven't best, bought the movie. The best thing about the Hardy Bucks is like, it's not set up to like for like a mainstream audience to totally get it they don't over explain stuff it's like this is our world and if you find it funny you, you do and if you don't i don't care uh but so much of that is improvised yeah so much of it. oh it's obvious 
Yeah, yeah, they're super funny. Man, they kill me with some of the lines, too. And a lot of those guys are doing stand-up now as well. Are they? Good, yeah. good. Yeah, I got to get back over to Ireland. Nolan was over there with a bunch of our comedian friends. Go next time, honestly. I'm going to go next time when they go. I think he goes every April, and he brings like some American friends over. And he brought Sean Flannery, who you saw a couple yeah, nights yeah. ago, and uh, this other comedian, Adam Burke, who's actually Adam Burke's from... Um, Arma? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've he's never from, met him, but I'd like to. Yeah, really nice guy. I think he's... Is he in town right now, or is he in L.A.? I don't know where he is, but yeah, he's from Arma. And um, and then C.J. Sullivan, who's also a super funny guy, one of the best storytellers and just a degenerate Great. gambler. He, he could, he'll explain every sport to you because he'll want you to be like, oh, cool, yeah, let's put money on it. Right, He's right, that right. dude. I've never placed a bet. Hilarious guy. All right, man, well, thanks, dude, so much for joining the podcast, uh, well, jumping on here with me, man. Appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed that a lot. A lot of fun to talk to you. Where could my listeners find more of you? Oh, uh, just Shane Todd, which I'm aware is the least Irish name. I mean, Shane technically is a very Irish name. Yeah, Shane's Irish. And yeah. Todd is actually Irish as well, but Shane Todd just sounds like two American first names. It does. You know, so I feel like I need to Irish my name. I might put an O in the middle of it, you know. Shane O'Todd. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like I might need to do that. Uh, but yeah, just Shane Todd, Shane Todd Comedy, whatever, you'll find me on on everything. You got a YouTube channel? Yeah, Shane Todd. Definitely check that out, everybody. Instagram as well. All that. We'll Shane find, Todd Comedy. Yeah, that, that woman who was like, why did you get more likes? Guys, everyone go like so yeah. that woman can shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make her feel salty. All right, man. Dude, it was so much fun talking to you. Um, We're doing a show tonight together, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening to Killgowns Pub. You know, rate and review us on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really help. It goes a long way. And uh, check out – actually, JoeKillgown.com is under maintenance right now, my website. But I'm going to be in Chicago mostly the rest of the month, and then I'll be up in Wisconsin at the Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton. That's uh, November 29th and 30th. So check that out, everybody. Back in the day, you could have brought a lot of kids up with you and bought them liquor. Yeah, I could have, man. I might. You know what I could do, though? Uh, Their cigarettes are way cheaper. So I could buy a couple cartons and bring (laughs) them back down here and sell them. And then I'll come and punch the trunk because that's what we do. Yeah, man. (laughs) You're just bashing the trunk away. All right, dude, that's awesome. Thanks again for being on the podcast, Shane Todd. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. That was good fun.